Skunk ape, and it completely altered the course of my life. I found a skull. I think you guys are going to want to come film this. Put him out, put him out, put him out, put him out, put him out. I just see it, I just see it, I just see it. Sightings of a UFO hovering over a barn. Millie woke up from a dream, and when I went into the bedroom, she said there's a monster on the wall. They saw that the creature had run through a barbed wire fence. They were able to obtain hairs. They sent the hairs to their lab and it came back as an unknown creature. What is up, paranormal researchers and cryptid enthusiasts? Welcome back to the most bizarre show on the internet. I'm Shane. I'm Oren. And I'm Jenny. And we're the bizarre crew, as usual. And uh, not like usual, today we have our very first listener encounter that got submitted to us. So of course, you know, we want to read it on the show, give some shout outs, and uh, already a special thank you for sending us in this submission. But uh, we'll drop the name, of course, after we get into it. So Oren, please, 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 please get into this listener encounter for us today. All right. So this is in regards to our Michigan Dogman series that we just finished up. And the submission comes from Maria. And she says, hey, everyone, my name is Maria. And I saw your Michigan Dogman post on Instagram and felt compelled to share the story that I grew up hearing from my dad. I believe this was in the 70s or early 80s in Farwell, Michigan. My dad and a few of his buddies were driving to North to go hunting at their friend's house in Farwell, which is about an hour north from where they all live. They stopped on the side of the road to take a bathroom break, since back then it was still pretty remote. My dad said they all got out and started jokingly howling at the woods and each other, when all of a sudden he said something howled back at them, and it was loud and very close to them. It all scared them so bad they scrambled back to the car and took off. My dad said, as they were turning down the dirt road to get away, they saw a tall dogman creature dressed in a tattered soldier uniform, staring at them and howling as it was coming up out of the brush. As they sped off, my dad was staring out the back window to try and see what the creature was, but he didn't see anything. In their frenzied state, they turned down a wrong road and ended up getting a little lost in the middle of nowhere. It ended up getting dark And if you've ever been in a northern Michigan forest, you know how dark it gets. And with obviously no cell phones, they ended up pulling over to sleep in the car for a little bit till sunrise. He recalled putting up shirts over the windows so they didn't have to look out. My dad still goes up there hunting with those same buddies and hasn't seen it again. I asked my dad to retell the story many times, and it's always just as scary. I believe him mostly because my dad isn't one to make stuff up. He said a few years later is when the song came out and all the sightings started becoming public. Every time I drive 
to northern Michigan, I keep my eyes out in the wooded areas to hopefully catch a glimpse of the Michigan Dogman. Also, I just listened to part one of your Michigan Dogman series, and I currently live very close to Sparta. So now I'll be keeping an eye out in my town as well. Yikes. LOL. Maria from Michigan. And it already off that costume. Kind of weird, right? Kind of plays into what I was saying with the whole potential dog man being intentionally created by the military feel, right? And who no, knows how far back one. that was dating, man. <laughs> Especially considering yeah, all mean, that weird experimenting was happening mainly during like World War II, World War One. Like that was already something people were looking into, like, you know, 30, 40 years previous to when the song got released, this encounter happened. Like it was already out out in the uh out in the ether, for lack of a better term. <laughs> And we haven't run across a whole lot of uh, reports about dogmen wearing any type of clothes. So I think that's an interesting one. Yeah. The only other one that I've heard before, and I don't remember where I heard it from. I was on another podcast, but I heard somebody talking about how there was a soldier that uh, was working at a military base. And he saw a dogman that was out beyond the perimeter fence. And they were wearing like bulletproof, like military, like bulletproof vests. And that's the closest other thing I've heard, but that's not like full military attire. From the description that I had, my understanding is it was literally just like just the bulletproof vest. No, I think this one's cool. I mean, with the tattered military uniform, that brings up several possibilities, like your idea about, you know, government experimentation and whatnot, or are these things more sentient than we think? And maybe they found this uniform in the woods and put it on who knows but no i think that's a really cool story um i think it's cool that these deep dives are connecting with people and they're contributing their own encounters so maria thank you so much for reaching out to us um it makes us feel good knowing that people are digging what we're doing and kind of this new format we're moving towards yeah thank you maria yes so that's awesome feedback and just to be the third one to say it also again thank you maria you rock (laughs) So, if you guys don't mind taking an extra five seconds real quick right now to do a five-star review if you're on Spotify or if you're on iTunes and you want to type out something nice, uh, we'll give you guys a shout-out, of course. And, uh, you know, if you guys also in the process of that really enjoy a particular episode, you know that there's a friend that might be interested in that, uh, you know, just pass it over to the friend. That's another awesome way to help the show grow, and the only way it's going to happen is with you guys. And if any of our listeners want to contribute to the show in any way, whether that be uh, suggesting a topic or a guest, or if there's any researchers or artists that want to contribute to the show in any way, please reach out to us through social media or email, and that's bizarreencounters at outlook.com. If you guys are already following us on social media, please take the time to give us a like, a follow, and uh, pop over to the Telegram or the Discord if you guys want to have some awesome conversations with some awesome people, see some uh, new stuff that I've been dropping in there. Uh, If you guys want to support the show, there's a couple different ways to do so. Uh, Number one, of course, is to go and get yourself some Bizarre Encounters or Bite Size Bizarreties merch. Uh, You can do that over on the Open Minds Media merch store. Um, If you guys get anything, it'd be really cool if you guys wouldn't mind sending us pictures of you guys wearing it because we'd love to give you guys a shout out on the page and uh, let everybody know that there's love and support out there in the world for as far as this show goes. And uh, if you guys want to get early access to the show, uh, you guys want to get live access to the show, and if you're not able to make it to the lives, you want to get live replays of the show, uh, you guys can go over and check out the Patreon. It's uh, the 
Open Minds Media Patreon because it isn't just Bizarre Encounters. It also includes Inquiries of Our Reality. Um, so if you guys are interested in all of that stuff, definitely go and check out the Patreon. There's multiple tiers. Uh, figure out which one seems to suit you the best, of course. They all have different benefits. Uh, some of those things include uh, different merch store discounts. So if you guys want to get yourself some awesome stuff from the merch store, I highly recommend popping over to the Patreon first and becoming a member and getting yourself a discount code. And then the third way to support the show is through donating on uh, Red Circle, which is our RSS host for the show. So if you guys are interested in doing that, uh, go all the way down to the show description, and uh, there should be something on there along the lines of uh, donate through Red Circle. And uh, I don't know if you can leave a name with that, but if you guys are able to leave a name with that, it'd be really cool. We'll, guy we'll give you guys a shout out on the show. Uh, if it doesn't give you that option, send us a message and let us know that you did. And of course, we will uh, give you a shout out on the show. And uh, you guys know Joe over at Crypto Theology has some awesome merchandise um, pertaining to all of these fun topics. So if you haven't already, go and check it out. There's always something cool and new to check out over there. And all these links that have been mentioned are listed in the show description in the show notes. Tonight's guests are Daniel and Dustin from Coon Hunting Confidential and the Houndstooth Podcasting Network. They've had a lot of strange experiences out in the woods, and uh, Daniel has some interesting ideas about dogman phenomenon, so I'm excited to dig into that. And they are also from South Carolina, so they are uh, me and Jenny's neighbors to the south. So, uh, Daniel and Justin, thank you guys so much for coming on the show tonight. Hey, man, it's great. I appreciate y'all asking us to come on. Say, uh, you I'm guys Daniel, been by the way. We're waiting for Dustin to be yeah. like, I'm, I'm Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Dustin, but I, I wasn't going to interrupt nobody. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you guys have been bouncing around a little bit. Uh, seems like you guys are starting to kind of make a make yourself known as far as the cryptic community goes. So of course, you know, we had to get, pull you guys onto the show and have an awesome conversation with you guys. But uh, for anybody that hasn't heard you guys bounce around the shows and doesn't know anything about your guys' show, uh, why don't you kind of let them a little bit, let them know a little bit about what got you guys going, uh, what your show's about, and what exactly you guys do. Oh, well, what got us going? Um, Dustin got me listening to podcasts, turned me into a podcasting junkie. I listened to the coon hunting uh, podcast, which there's only like a handful of them. Then I kind of branched out into all my other topics that I like as far as uh, cryptids, paranormal, conspiracy theory stuff, and all kind of just listening to podcasts and i was like hey i want to do a podcast i want to do a coon hunting podcast but i really wasn't sure until i heard like the uh episode of uh on the confessionals with tony merkel the uh guy coon hunting somewhere near the i think he was in the daniel Boone national forest that's where it was and his name was kyle on it and he had to run in with the dog man while he was coon hunting and i was like well, I need to hear more coon hunt stories like this. So I was like, that's it. That's what I want to do a coon hunting show that takes in or listens to the just coon hunting stories from all over the place. And so got Dustin in on it and then another friend of ours named Ryan James. And he uh, he's not with us tonight. He's off gallivanting. He's with us in spirit. <laughs> No, he's not even with us in spirit. He's not leaving a thought in his mind right now. <laughs> he's too busy uh, chasing the skunk ape down in Florida. <laughs> if that's how you want to put it. <laughs> so, so anyway, so it's just the three of us. And we started just uh, blending a mix of just 
our unique redneck comedy and and cryptid stories, a coon hunting story. So we get a heavy dose of coon hunting. Most all the episodes are hearing coon hunting talk and listening to basically just a bunch of country people talk about crazy shit. <laughs> That's honestly a good way to, to sum it up, and it, it kind of fits. <laughs> <laughs> it's all over the spectrum, dude. It's from Bigfoot to uh, we even talk about the fae and fairies, orbs, all this other stuff. Um, it's all over the place. I'm pretty sure we lost some listeners when we kind of <laughs> were talking about fae and fairies, and I blame Disney for that. But anyway... <laughs> You probably gained some more listeners, though. Uh, just a different group of listeners. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's nice to be, like, representing coon hunting as a sport outside of the coon hunting world as far as doing podcasts like this and stuff goes. Because there's not very many people that represent coon hunting or talk about it outside of, like, our own, like, niche or genre, whatever. I mean, you guys are almost like in two different communities now because you guys originally started off with like, you know, your coon hunting community and now you're like a foot in the door with like the cryptic community. So it's kind of a cool thing that you guys are able to kind of transverse between the two of them. But because of that and being original in that aspect, like, you know, you guys are the only like coon hunting cryptid or paranormal weird encounter show. So that's, that's pretty sweet. You guys definitely got a niche going. Plus, we do all our hunting at night. So... There's not a lot of daytime activities involved in coon hunting. And like Dustin, he squirrel hunts, so he's out in the woods in the daytime beating around. But all of us dog hunt. Like we have dogs. That's, uh, I don't like hunting without a dog. I don't deer hunt. I don't turkey hunt. I might fish a little bit, but if there's not a dog involved in it, I'm probably not going to do it very much. And uh, how do you feel? Man, I just like shooting stuff, dude. <laughs> <laughs> shooting and catching stuff. Done it since I was a wee little lad. But so yeah. I guess uh, since you guys are here, might as well kind of take the opportunity a little bit for anybody that isn't exactly familiar with what coon hunting is. Like, what you exactly do when you coon hunt? Why don't you kind of give them a kind of a rough idea about what exactly it entails? Uh, basically, you got a dog. You go out at night. There are seven main breeds that are going to be recognized, and they can they'll recognize a cross breed within those seven main breeds. And um, uh, we just basically go out at night. You've got a place you want to go. You go hunt, and you we free cast our dogs and cut them. I mean, we all, pretty much everybody who coon hunts nowadays has some type of like a Garmin or a Dogtra, some type of GPS tracking collar that's going to link to a handheld or their phone. And right, man, you're going all around for the ass. I you said about your, coon hunting. Yeah, but you take your dog, you put him on the ground. He wanted to go find a coon. You run a coon through the woods, run him up the tree, barking the whole time. And when he goes barking, you walk to the tree. There's your synopsis, man. <laughs> I was I was gonna be a little bit okay. That's about it, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> so I know we probably have a lot of uh, female listeners now, especially since we've been kind of breaching into the paranormal aspect of it. So uh, I was kind of hitting a little bit at the fact that uh, you don't always kill every single raccoon you come across. So I think people kind of have this misidea about what exactly coon hunting is as far as like they think you guys are just shooting every single coon you come across where half of it's you know you guys just kind of ha- having fun and just finding the coons and you kind of just leave them after that just it's the sake of uh hunting and just kind of bonding with your dog yeah yeah pretty much i mean we knock some of them out but not all of them now there are some places like missouri uh indiana ohio probably even kansas mississippi in that farm belt that they have a heavy, heavy population and they need to be taken out because, of, and they still don't put a den in them as far as, but in our neck of the woods, our population is, it sucks. So no, we're not going to knock every one of them out. We're not going to kill every one of them. It's, we're going to leave them and let them reproduce for the most part. So yeah, we're not bloodthirsty. But <laughs> the bloodthirsty. The dog they don't have to have that that fur on the ground and their mouth on it. They want it, yes, but they don't have to have it. Especially when they get a little bit older. They don't they don't have to have that. Some people think that they do and they're like feel like they have to kill everyone, but they don't. If they have a dog that has to have every coon knocked out to it to keep it motivated, that's that, I don't want a dog like that. I was gonna say that's just a bloodthirsty ass dog. <laughs> it, it, in, in a competition hunt, there is no killing; it's only scoring. It's a point system. So, in no sanctioned hunt is there any gun involved. And competition coon hunting is pretty big. So I'm going to ask probably a dumb question, but, and I'm a redneck from Eastern North Carolina. I probably should know this, but can you eat them? Like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So kind of what does the preparation entail? Like how, what's your favorite way to cook a coon? I guess that's what I'm asking. <laughs> I can almost guarantee you, your ancestors ate them. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> they, that's how our, some of our early settlers, they survived on like raccoons and stuff. Um, well, I, I skin it out, parboil it. To me, before I put like anything on it, it tastes like roast beef. Okay. So you get it tender, and I pull it off the bone. I chop it up, mince it up, and I mix it up with barbecue sauce. The way I prefer it is like off the bone. I don't want to eat a leg of coon. How do you prefer it? I ain't never ate it, bro. Oh, I'm going to have to cook you one. I never I'm a squirrel dog, man. I eat a squirrel. I like squirrel too, though. But with that coon, I'll chop it up like really good, and I'll mix it with like barbecue sauce and either put it in a crock pot and let it cook for like on low or either in the oven and let it cook low for a while. And then just put it on like uh, a bun and eat it like a barbecue sandwich, like minced up meat. Nice. To me, I, I like it. Well, do you do anything with the pelts? Because I know someone right beside me who would really like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. They're only they they don't bring anything. Okay. I have been telling myself that I was needing to save those pelts because I do want a coon hide coat like custom made at some point in time before I die. So I need to start saving those. But for the most part, no. 
they you might could tan it out and try to sell them but hides are worthless nowadays fur yeah. prices are worthless well, and, and down here it don't get cold enough for them to get what they call prime like up north where it gets colder the pelts get a lot the fur in them gets thicker and they call it prime yeah. okay. but in the south they don't they don't turn out good good pelts because it's just so warm well, that would be perfect. It would be like a warm weather coonskin cap that I would have. <laughs> I need it to wear to conventions and stuff, Shane. I'll be the coonskin cap guy. It's like the, when we do have a real cold winter, you'll see the hide start to get like a blacker tint to it. But, you know, that's kind of like what they're going for. Every once in a while, you'll see one that's got a real good black tint to it. Say the ones up in Michigan, they're always big, plump, furry, like... I, I guarantee you, you could probably easily make a nice, big, warm, fluffy-ass hat out of one from Michigan. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure. Well, I have a kind of running theory about dogmen and why the Michigan dogmen are bigger than some of the warm-weather ones because it's cold there. They get bigger. They get fluffier. They Well, and I think that's a good segue, Daniel, if you uh, – don't mind sharing some of your dogmen theories. I was listening to uh, some other podcasts that you've been on, and I'm pretty intrigued by uh, your not dogman idea. Well, wait, let's let's build it up. Of course, let's. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. If you if you want to share your experience and then get into why you believe your theory, because if you just hit him with the theory, you got you got to tell him about your firsthand encounter. Of course, to you know, kind of explain why you started thinking well, that theory. I actually thought this theory or thought about this before I even really. Um, I, before I listened to the other guy's experience about like the big door and the metal noise or whatever, like that's just like it, it happened several it was like 2017, 18, maybe 19. I don't think so. It had to be around 2017 or 18. But um, I didn't put the two and two together as far as being connected with Dog Man. I just listening to other people talk about their dogman encounters and how they described them and stuff. Um, but you want me to just tell you the, the encounter with the noise before I tell you my theory or what I think about parts of some of the dogmen? Yeah. Yeah. If you want to do it that way, but, totally up to you, man. All right. So, um, like I said, it's about 2017 or 18. My brother-in-law, he works at the same place Dustin and I works. And I work a shift. I work from noon to midnight. So he was working on the same shift that I was at the time. So when we got off work, I was like, hey, dude, you want to go hunting with me tonight when we get off? He's like, yeah. So we went like less than 10, 15 miles away from here. It's a, it's pasture land but there's a creek that runs down between two fields there's like a dairy farm in the area so they have a this area is probably the closest thing that we have to like an indiana block of woods on the other side of there's like a field there's a, a creek and a row of trees that ran up in the middle of that field on the other side of those big patch of trees and, and that creek is nothing but way more field and there's a dirt road that cuts in between them and then there's barbed wire fence that runs alongside of that right hand side of that road so we're like i don't know exactly how long we have been out there i had turned the dog loose and 
he hadn't opened up, started barking. And we just kind of like making our way, just walking up the edge of that creek, just talking. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, back toward where that field is, it sounds like a big, huge metal door just free falling, like a big metal garage door. And it's got that, you can almost hear like the wobble to it, but the, like the, like it's just free falling, like rumbling. And it's like, and it's like, once it hits, it's like making this screeching, scraping noise, like, and I'm talking about, it's like one of them running your fingernails over a chalkboard type. Uh, like make the hair on your neck stand up and it's just like grinding and screeching like sheet metal ripping in two and it's just like this ungodly loud noise and it wasn't over in a flash but it didn't last really really long I'd say three or four maybe five seconds at the most it was just like this weird huge noise well I look at the garment was like what in the hell was that and then I look at my Garmin and my dog is running. He's coming back to me and he's running fast paced, full sprint, can't, I mean, he's running, he couldn't run any faster. I get my hands on him. I put the leash on him and then we start hearing this other noise like, what is this? And all of a sudden, all these cows come stampeding through there. They're just hauling ass up right around us. And I went over at my brother-in-law, and I was like, dude, um, I was like, I feel like we should probably go back to the truck. So we go up to the truck, and I was like, I'm going to ride around up there to see what that was because there's nothing up there but field. There's not a damn thing there but fields. And so we go around, and when we drive around and we cut around onto this dirt road, there's this bloody cow all kind of in the road, but not in the middle of the road, maybe three or four feet off into the road. Faces all cut up and bloodied up. And just, I don't know exactly what all was wrong with that cow. I could just tell it, it either busted through the barbed wire fence or something. It was just all bloodied up. And so I, um, I called a dude who, there's several family members that is in on all of that dairy farm. They've, they've been there for years there's like brothers and stuff that's in on all that and so i called one of them who is um my son is really good friends with that guy's son they go to school together play ball they actually go out in in the same area coyote hunting at night and stuff so i called him up and i tell him i was like man it's like two o'clock in the morning i'm like man you gotta i just want to let you know you got a cow out running around bloodied up and uh I told him about that noise, and he was like, yeah, I've had one or two other people tell me they've heard some weird noise out there, something metallic kind of like that, but I ain't figured out what it is yet. And that was that. I never thought anything more. I just passed it off as that was weird, had no idea what what could possibly that noise, where it had come from. I have no idea. And so... I just kind of passed it off, and then I was listening to the confessionals a few weeks ago when uh, Martin Groves was on there talking, and he was telling his story, and he gets to talking about this metal, metallic noise, and dude, I just like froze. I'm like, <laughs> shit. And that whole night started making sense to me. I had never saw a dog, man, never saw a cryptid or anything like that, 
But there, I don't know where that noise could have possibly had come from. I have no idea. I talked to, like Shane and I, we talked about it when we recorded for Inquiries of Our Reality after we got done recording. We didn't talk about it on that recording. And uh, the whole underground door opening up, it could be. I, I don't know. The only thing there could be, there's this one old barn that's grown up that's got trees around it. Could, I don't know. I, there's no garage doors. There's nothing on that, that old barn that could have made that noise. Could there be something opening up from the floor? I don't know. I need... I have thought about that, and I told my son, I was like, I think I kind of want to go slip out there and sneak around and check that out, see if there's something opening up from the door of that old barn. I was like, well, but I don't know if I'd ever, I don't know if I'd even see it. Someone might reach out and grab you, man. I got to that. <laughs> hey, maybe a metal detector. Maybe if I metal detected it across the floor of that inside of there, that barn, maybe I could pick up something. Maybe even check like the perimeter of the outside of the barn because when I talk about this theory about there possibly being these like trap doors, <clears throat> I don't see it as like the doors slide back underneath the ground because I don't think that would work that way. But I feel like they would either lift up or drop down. But if there's something on top of it, assumably it would lift up to let something out. So maybe check like the outside perimeter of the barn and see if you find anything that's like funky, even like like a little dip in the ground that almost looks like, you know, that dried dirt area where everything kind of like dips that it runs off the roof. Maybe, you know, there might yeah. be something weird there if you start kind of digging into that a little bit. I don't know. I, I, I want to go out there and check it out, but I haven't taken the time to actually do it yet. But You just got to go to the hunting store first and say, hey, so uh, what do you think could take out a dog man in one shot? I mean, a bear in one shot. <laughs> <laughs> We don't need to go to the store. I got him. What's the biggest? The biggest? Right, what's the biggest you got? Seven, the biggest that I got. Yeah. Of, uh, 30 out six, biggest I got. But I mean, if you're going to get into the biggest, you're talking about like a 700 nitro, what, which what is about, an elephant. What about my AR? You think that would do it? If you shoot it enough times, bro. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen or heard of the movie uh, Strange Wilderness? Uh, I've heard of it. I don't think I've ever watched it. <laughs> For anybody that hasn't seen that movie, I highly recommend it. So pretty much these guys are putting on a nature documentary and uh, somebody tells them where they think Bigfoot is. So the whole movie is pretty much them trying to save their show by going and hunting Bigfoot. But when they finally find Bigfoot at the end, he runs out of the cave. They all freak out and they all just lay sh just shoot the hell out of him and he falls down and then <laughs> try to play it off like, oh, he came at us first. <laughs> I have seen parts of that. I don't know that I've seen it all the way through, but I have seen parts of that. <laughs> <laughs> See, the only problem though is you lay down into a gun, into a dog man though, and uh, everybody who's ever seemed to shot it seemed to have shot at these things. They end up having some type of a uh, government intervention or some kind of like weird encounter with a. Uh, you know, Fed saying something like, oh, you've damaged our property and you're going to pay for it. So it's like, you know, you can take it down. But after that, you have the uh, whole government kind of looking into you after that. Make sure you're not telling the story and keeping tabs on you. Like there was one guy that encountered one near the Manistee and we covered it uh, on our Dogman series for the Michigan Dogman. And uh, 
he was saying that they were trying to like shut his accounts down, like his accounts were disappearing, uh, just a bunch of weird stuff. And it wasn't like in his face stuff. It was just like little subtle things. Like he was saying, he'd go to use like a credit card and his like credit card wouldn't work and the account wouldn't even exist anymore. Just weird shit, man. Well, if you got a whole bunch of debt, that might work out in your favor. You're <laughs> <laughs> just going to Bob Lazar your ass and pretend like you disappeared in the system. And you go, well, that's the opportunity to take off to Mexico. <laughs> no, that's the solution to the student debt crisis. We just need to all go dog man hunting. <laughs> Instead of like the raid area 51, this is going to be the new thing. Like, just raid land between the two lakes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We'll just uh, do arms to arms across, you know, hands to hands across America and just walk all the way across. We'll find something. <laughs> yeah. What was that? I was just making sure y'all could see that. It ain't like the government ain't watching all of us no way. I mean, we we put all our crap out there on the internet, dude. They know exactly what we're doing. <laughs> so, uh, expanding past that, of course, uh, I want to bounce back into some more like weird encounters you guys have had, some weird encounters that you guys have uh, talked about on your show, of course. But uh, the listeners, of course, I think they'd love to hear your dogman theory and why you think that that might be. All right, we'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and tell you that. Parts of dogman stories, to me, sound like a really big raccoon. Um, from some of them described like this hump, like they'll have a hump in their back when they drop down on all fours. Sounds like a raccoon. Have you ever seen a raccoon running? They got a hump when they're running. Um, I've listened to, they said they have paws or claws like a raccoon like raccoon's feet and then i listened to one i don't know if it was on y'all's show or it was recently i just i listened to so much i can't remember exactly whose was what and when but this was within like the last day or two they was talking about this dog man story and it was like i noticed the hands that the first one, the, the like the pinky finger, and then like what would be the thumb was shorter than the other three. That's a raccoon's foot. Can y'all see that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Can you see huh. the left and the right? They're both shorter than the middle three. Mm-hmm. Huh. So that's a raccoon's foot. There's just certain things about it that has raccoon aspects. It. The only thing I haven't heard anybody say is it had the mask on, like the the mask on the, around their eyes, or a ring tail. I mean, that doesn't mean yeah. that they may not be in the same family because even like coloration wise, a lot of people describe them as like grays and blacks or like dark browns, and that's you know the exact color coding for uh, for raccoons too. Yes, and uh, like if uh, they will stand up on their back legs if they're ready to fight, and they'll stand up and with their front paws, whatnot, because they are ferocious, dude. I don't like knocking them out without, like, I like to shoot. If I'm going to shoot one out, I like to have it, like, kill it, knock it out. Like, I like to shoot it in the head. You want me to be blunt about it? Because well, I don't want that fight a whole lot because they'll mess a dog up, like, mess a dog up. Up north, I definitely would not kill one and let my dog, because they're so much big, bigger than ours, and ours fight really, like, they fight. And uh, But they'll rear up on their back legs if they possibly can and stand up and fight, like, and they're, they're mean. <clears throat> and 
there's just a lot of dog man stories that just sounds like that they have a lot of raccoon aspects to them. Just to throw so something I, into the story too, I was just looking it up, and apparently there's, it's spelled C H A M A L M A L A N I A Chapelmania, and it's supposed to be a species of large raccoon that's almost comparable to the size of a bear that would weigh about 330 pounds, and it was about the size of a black bear, and it was a like ancestor of raccoons. So I mean. You know, giant raccoons in the Americas, from what I was reading on here, um, were a thing at one point. So, I mean, going off of things changing through time, uh, fitting into their environment, like, that's definitely a possibility considering that there was giant raccoons. And uh, it was saying at their, they'd be about five foot tall. So, I mean, maybe they got a little bit bigger, but I mean, even five foot tall is still kind of getting close to that, that range, you know? So, you know, I don't want people coming at me saying that I'm saying every dog man encounter is a raccoon man or a raccoon. Sometimes I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. They, I think they got raccoon DNA some damn way in them because a dog does not just all of a sudden go from having paws to claws because yeah. dogs have big pads on the bottom of their feet and a raccoon does not. So... Where did them big old pads go to on the bottom of that dog man's feet when it was a wolf? You know what I'm saying? I just... Hey, it kind of fits another theory that I was talking about on the show, too, saying that uh, I think that there's these government-created dogmen, and rather than them being, like, you know, they're turning soldiers into, like, dogmen, like a werewolf type of scenario, I think that they're doing some type of, like, gene splicing and, like, creating these things, like, right off the bat, so they are what they are. And part of my theory was that you wouldn't necessarily be able to put two things together and have it fit perfectly, kind of, like, comparable to, like, Jurassic Park, that they started including other DNA in it. So, I mean, again, fitting into your theory, if there are government-created ones, some of that other DNA they used to fill in the gaps could have theoretically been raccoon DNA. Possibly. Kind of like that movie. You ever see them spiky movies? <laughs> yes. <laughs> behind all that garbage to make all them wild critters. Yep. <laughs> well, and Shane, kind of what I was thinking of, too, uh, while Daniel was telling uh, that story is... You know, when we were talking about um, the Bishopville Lizard Man in the local lore episode that we just recorded, a lot of reports of that creature talked about this like three claw, three toe idea. And we, you know, we talked kind of about how that didn't fit nicely into Sasquatch or Dogman type theory. But, you know, maybe here's a, a wild card explanation for that it could be one of these type creatures. I don't know. I do know that was big when I was a kid. I used to have a uh, that that happened in like eighty seven or eighty eight. Eighty eight, so, I believe, is when kind of blew up. Skateboard swamp down there. Yeah, in yeah, exactly. Yeah, I used to have a lizard man shirt when I was a kid. <laughs> and it, it, it hit like when it hit like all that stuff stuff started happening. Like it was a, uh, it was pretty big. It was like all over the state. People have it was like I don't know. What, I don't know that we've had a, a cryptid phenomenon just to where there was people from all over the state wearing lizard man shirts. I don't think there's anything happened. I mean, I blame that town. I think they could have capitalized on that and kind of like had a lizard man festival or some, some kind of something other than just 
being known for lizard man, at least you know, have some type of damn like Mothman festival or something. Now, I think they did for a couple of years. Um, so we actually have an episode um, coming out probably in the next couple of weeks where we talk about the lizard man a little bit. It but, should be um, the episode before this one, actually. So for all the listeners, okay. they will have just heard it last week. So oh, there you go. This is a nice follow up. But in my research for that episode, and I'm going to get some of these details wrong, but I think they had uh, something in that area, that town, like a watermelon festival or something like that. And then for a couple of years, they did change it to um, like the Lizard Man Festival. But yeah, looking at how popular Mothman is, they might need to revisit that idea. <laughs> they just need to get a statue with a giant overemphasized body parts somewhere on it and it'll draw the attention to it. <laughs> but <laughs> butts you- are already taken, so they got to go with something else. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to look like it's wearing a damn cod piece. <laughs> there you go. Everybody's just lizard up underneath man, the lizard man statue like this. <laughs> oh, there are some lizard people that live down that way, like Alex Murdahl. And- <laughs> he is a little lizard looking. You're right. <laughs> there are a lot of old, old families that live in the lower part of the state. And I've been there for a long time. Did you, by chance, happen to know anybody that possibly uh, like had like a like a lizard man encounter, or no. know of anybody like extended family or friends or anything? No, it was just that little brief period of time, and then I don't know of anybody that has reported seeing any kind of lizard man down there since. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, kind of what we were talking about a little bit in our episode is a lot of the reports, they described something that was not very lizard looking at all. It was more of like a hairy bipedal type creature. And, you know, you telling your theory about Dogman, that really, to me, tied into kind of some of the questions we had about it. Like I said, as far as like the, the three claws and things like that. So, I mean, I think that's a really interesting way of looking at that phenomenon because that could answer a lot of the questions that people had about the lizard man. Maybe it was one of these <laughs> raccoon hybrid creatures, a dog man, raccoon or, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so maybe they come out of a swamp. Yeah, there you go. Could be a matter of perspective too, with the three fingered thing that the other two fingers are small. So maybe, you know, in that high end state of fear, the only thing they really notice are the three bigger fingers on each hand. And maybe they're kind of like wrapped in for the smaller fingers. Yeah. Cryptid just dropped. Yeah, the lizard coon man. man. <laughs> lizard coon man. There you go. It's like the mayor, uh, man bear pig from, yeah, yeah, South, yeah, Park. from South Park. <laughs> so, uh, kind of bouncing back into some more of your guys' experiences too. I know that you you shared another one on uh, inquiries of our reality, and uh, you know this is a little bit different of a listener base. So, you know, if you guys want to get into some more of your uh, bizarre hunting encounter experiences, we definitely love to listen to them. My, one of my biggest regrets is I haven't been able to get have Dustin alone when one of these crazy events happens. And I don't regret it at all. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't believe in shit, and I want to keep it that way. <laughs> Can't have y'all messing up my reality. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, one of the wildest was uh, like rando knotting while coon hunting. Have, y- have any of y'all ever, like, rando nodded? Mm-mm. Do you even Don't know what that is? No. No, I'm not familiar. 
<laughs> what about you, Shane? Are you familiar with Rando Not or Rando Nautica or whatever? I never actually did it myself, but I do know what it is. So I guess so you don't have to go over sitting here trying to explain it since uh, Orin hasn't heard of it. Uh, so it was this app that essentially you would like use like your your like I want to say intuition like you'd like manifest that you're going to find something that you wanted to find and it wouldn't tell you what you're going to find and then there'd be like a map that would pop up and it would give you like a location for something and then you'd go to that location and you start digging around and everybody would start reporting these like weird fucking things like they were thinking about like money and then they found like money in these locations and just it gets a lot weirder and a lot darker like there was people that claim that they were like I'm looking for a dead body and then they did this and then they found a fucking dead body in the middle of the woods just like weird creepy stuff like it almost seems like there's like it's not just like an app that randomly generates like a location there's like some type of something weird to it that's cool. It works with a. Uh, it works off of a uh, quantum computer out of Australia, I think, is what it does. And it, it is like a random number generator, but it generates um, these. Uh, Dustin had to leave. It's pouring down rain. I think his window might have been down. He'll be back in a second. But um, it just it, it it'll look for. It's kind of hard to explain. It'll look for a void. Or a heavy spot in these, uh, probably not, no. Um, but anyway, so that's kind of how it, it was. And so I'm coon hunting, and I had just listened to, actually, the guy was on the confessionals who's like the CEO of Rando Knot or something of that nature. Or maybe he's the one who created it. So I, <clears throat> I was like, what the heck, I'm going to try this. I'm going to see what. So I was coon hunting. I played. I downloaded the app. I was fooling around with it. And I just, it's easy to do. And you just generate just whatever. And while while it's asking you that, it's generating like random anomalies in that area. You can decide like to check a radius, whether it's a five mile radius or something like that. Hell, you can do 30, 40 mile radius, depending on if you want to travel that far. But, um, so it asks you to like focus your intent on something. And I was, I have no, I wasn't focusing my intent on nothing. When I done that, I was listening to my dog barking. And so I go in and I get her off the tree. I go back to my truck. And it, the place that it had popped up as an anomaly was in the same area where I was actually hunting. And that whole place is weird. Is There's a lot of weirdness in there it's, itself. And um, so I, I get done hunting. I go back around. I get to my truck. I'm getting ready to leave. And I was going to go home. And I'm like, Nah, I'm gonna go check this out. I just my curiosity got the better of me. <laughs> I actually get my dog out and I take her with me, and we're walking. And I'm looking at my phone because it's like it gives you like a Google Maps pinpoint. It's basically what it works with. And so I was walking, and when I'm starting to get close to this area. Um, my dog, she starts freaking out. She's like jumping up in the air. She's just winding up in the air, just looking constantly up. And man, she's going crazy. She's pulling on me. And so I'm like, I need to find a place to tie this crazy thing up because she's about to pull my arm off. And 
I go to walk around this tree and it's like as soon as I stepped right in the middle spot of where this radius is, I'm uh, coming around this tree and I hear something that's it's a loud it blows and it sounded like it should have been two, three feet away from me. I jumped back. I was expecting to see something right on the other side of this tree. And it was like a I couldn't tell if it was two deep blows and a, a deep in quick inhale in the middle or what it was, but it was kind of like a and that don't even justify it, because that sounds more like a deer to me blowing but it wasn't like that it was like <laughs> freaking loud man i don't know it was kind of like that but it was it should have been like right there and i turned my light i don't see nothing there's nothing i cut this because the light we use it has uh, it's on uh sitting on top of my head there's a hat and i got like spotlight settings and there'll be like a red light amber light different stuff like that on it so I cut the spotlight on and I'm looking like this is all like start off with it. I cut my light off just so I could listen real quick. When I looked over to my right, nothing was there. I reached up my I cut my light off because I can hear way better with my light off. It's like I can focus. So I'm listening. I hear leaves rustle off. I say I keep saying to my right. By this time, the noise that was to my right is the direction I'm looking at at that point. But then I hear leaves off to my right from that angle where I'm looking. And I shine my light over that way. I don't ever see anything. I hear the huffing noise two more times. Still didn't see anything. And that's when I was like, you know, it's best I just carry my redneck ass back to the truck. <laughs> That's what I did. I don't know what it was to me in my heart of hearts and my gut. I don't feel like this random a generator, this rando knot took me to something that has blowed at me in the woods like I've never heard before. It wasn't a deer, it wasn't a hog, wasn't either one of those. And I don't know what it was at the time. I didn't know that I probably should have looked up the trees instead of looking around because I wasn't knowing what I was looking for. I thought I was going to find like some old Native American artifact, maybe like some old knife stuck in a tree from when it used to be a CCC camp back in like the 30s. I don't know what I didn't know what I was in there looking for, but. Whatever it took me to was, I don't feel like it was nothing that, like a natural everyday animal. I don't know. It was weird. It was a very weird experience. Very weird. So, that's it as far as like the, the rando knot experience. I did go back in there the next day to see if I could find anything. And, of course, I didn't. But there was a dead tree, like a huge dead tree that's, maybe five foot wide and it kind of broke off and was come it came up like a to a point and to me i was like 
in nighttime, I was like, what in the, that tree just looks so weird. In the daytime, I could tell that the whole backside of that tree had rotted out and was hollow, and the other half, it just fell over. But it could have very well hid a Sasquatch inside of that tree because it was, it's huge. Hmm. It was a huge hollowed out tree that had broke off at top, basically. Do I, was it anything there? I don't know. I have no idea what that was. I don't know. I do know, but there is, um, on the BFRO report, there's two BFRO reports in in South Carolina um, from that same location. I let people look it up and take their guess about where I was at (laughs) if they want to. So, but yeah, it's, um, it's a weird area. It's, the, the whole place is kind of weird. There's an old like building, um, a park thing that CCC built back in the that that was pre World War Two, is when they started making all the national forest and the the core of cunts. I forgot what CCC stood for now, <laughs> but they were all over. They're basically, they were all over the United States, and it was like FDR. There was a bunch of people needing to go to work, so they created, it was almost like an army-type thing. They had to go to basic training. But then, say, if you were, like, in Michigan and you joined up in the CCC camp or or CCC stuff, you might have got shipped off to South Carolina, and somebody from South Carolina might had to go to Indiana. It was weird how they done that, but... um, a lot of national uh, state national forest. They planted trees. They made gravel roads. Some of these gravel roads were the roads that they made <clears throat> years ago. So, they, and they've done that all over the United States. The Morgan Monroe in Indiana, that used to be a CCC camp. So I don't know. Maybe there's somebody out there that can give me a little bit more information, but. I can tell you of three different places where there used to be a CCC camp that weird stuff is just weird place goes on there. So I don't know if there's a correlation to any of that or not. Kind of a theory we've talked about on the show before is this idea that, you know, maybe these parks aren't picked because of their natural beauty and it's because this is an area where weird things happen, where the veil's thinner, where there's portals, whatever you want to describe it. And this is a way for one, the government to kind of keep a lot of people away from this area and two, have more control over these areas where these, you know, cryptid creatures could potentially come through. So I think hearing your story lends a lot of credence to that idea because I've heard uh, stories just in my little bit of research about, uh, you know, the Great Smoky Mountain National Parks and people talking about, um, you know, when that park was being built, their uncle or grandpa or whatever was sent into the area where the park was by the government to basically like eradicate wild feral people. Uh, So I think that's really interesting. I didn't really know much about this CCC camp idea, but I think it fits in with a lot of other stuff I've come across. So that's really cool. I'm, I'm very glad you shared that with us. So thank you, Daniel. Yes, sir. And then uh, you also mentioned, 
He's I'm sorry, man. This is one nobody's fault. Yeah, I got some no, no, go people, man. No, you so, saying that they want to parts and kill feral folks. So there's, um, I'll call it a theory for lack of a better term, but the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, they say that there was like a whole clan of wild feral people that lived in that area. And when they were getting ready to build the parks, uh, there's, you know, people that still live in that area that say, you know, government people came into that town, that area, and they hired local men to basically go into the woods and eradicate these wild, feral people that were living in the woods there. And they said, you know, every whatever, two, three years after that, they'd come back through and be, okay, y'all have got to go back in there and, you know, wipe out some more of them. So, um, you know, I don't know if y'all are that familiar with like the missing 411 idea about, uh, you know, missing people in the national parks and whatnot. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of missing people reported in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. And some of the theories about that is, you know, these wild, feral people are getting them. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, how much stock I personally put in it, but I think there's, you know, at least enough smoke that there's a little bit of fire there. So it's at least something interesting to think about. So that's a, a, one of the things. There's a difference between a park and a national forest. A national forest, there'll be like laws you can hunt on. If it's technically a park, I don't think you can hunt them. So whatever part is is going to be listed for a park versus the separation from the forest. Because if it's a national forest, you can hunt it, deer hunt it. You can do whatever. There's going to be a season for whatever. On the parks, there's not going to be any hunting at all. Okay. And very limited, very limited access as far as how far you can venture off into the parks. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's I don't know about all of them. Some parks, you know, they might have a walking trail or something. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that there was such a difference between the, the parks and the forest, but that makes a lot of sense. Maybe that's almost kind of a deterrent, though, because then, you know, people that are digging into this kind of shit, you're going to expect stuff to be in the actual forest. And maybe they're like, oh, yeah, it's in the forest, but it's actually in the park. And that's why they kind of have these specific walkways that'll pull you away from where there could theoretically be something that they know is there. <laughs> Possibly. We don't have very many parks around. Do we have any parks around here that you know of? No, not that I know of. I don't know of any. Not close to us. So I know there's four national forests in um, North Carolina, and uh, one of them is the Uari. I don't know if uh, y'all are familiar with that, but there's a whole lot of uh, Bigfoot activity reported in that area. So, you know, I think there's definitely – Definitely some sort of correlation between this idea of, like, you know, cryptid sightings and orbs and things of that nature and national parks and forests. It's hard to cone hunt, too, because there's a lot of swamp in your worries. But, yeah, I, I'm familiar with that as far as, like, stories of the Bigfoot and mm-hmm. all the orbs inside the worries. And I've talked to a couple people, people from North Carolina because I was like, you know, Hey, I think I want to go coon hunt this. And I was like, you don't want to get in there, man. It was like, <laughs> you, don't, 
you're gonna be neck deep in water. It's like it's there's places in there that's like really swampy. Mm-hmm. So, so that, side note, <laughs> since you brought it up. So, you know, we talk to a lot of different people who experience the whole, like, Sasquatch and Orbs thing. And I'm sure you guys probably get a lot of stories as far as, like, Sasquatch and Orbs go. So, nobody knows anything, of course, for sure. So, we're all just kind of speculating on it. But at least from, like, the stories that you guys have heard, like, what do you guys kind of, like, figure might be the connection between the Orbs and, like, Sasquatch? <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I really, I, I don't know. Sometimes I think like what, um, like Justin over at Cryptozoic Corn is like, maybe that's kind of like something with the, the Faye and they're making you think or appear like they're a Sasquatch. I don't know. Some parts of me wants to say, I, I think they are a pure flesh and blood animal. Not pure. I think they are a flesh and blood animal with different aspects to their DNA that just to, and I don't know if that's all of them or some of them. I don't know. I have no idea. So we had somebody on recently that was talking about the orbs. Um, He was kind of, I mean, I I was kind of, kind of falling into it too, where it kind of made sense to me, but he was almost talking about it. Like they were not anything that necessarily had to do with Sasquatch, but something that had to do with like UFOs where it's how they like scan the environment and kind of get like uh, an idea of like what's what's down there. So of course, you know, we're interested in Sasquatch. If there's extraterrestrials that are interested in, you know, categorizing and, you know, uh, taking observations on human life, almost like it's like how we look at nature. Of course, if there's some type of weird phenomenon happening in nature, they're going to be just as interested as we are. So maybe the reason why a lot of these orbs are seen around Sasquatch isn't because they're necessarily like from the Fae or anything like that, but it's like extraterrestrials that are interested in them. And those are like, they're like wood scanners. (laughs) Man, I don't know. I don't believe in extraterrestrials anyway. Like I don't believe that there is life if this just coming through that Orion belt, getting in here, I am a, uh, uh, I'm not a flat earther, but I do believe in the firmament, that dome basically. So I'm not, me personally, I'm not one to think that there's something coming from galaxies far, far away. I think they're entities that have been here and have always been here. They're leaving from dimensions and coming in. Yeah, that's kind of the uh, ultra-terrestrial idea that they're coming from, uh, you know, like another dimension or from Earth itself. And that kind of, you know, you mentioned flat Earth a little bit, um, which, you know, that's a a hot-button issue. But something that I think is kind of interesting to think about is the hollow Earth idea. And, you know, that could get back to these dogmen-type creatures, you know, coming up from the interior of the Earth and things like that. So... I don't know. I think the more you dig into all this kind of stuff, the more connections you kind of start to see. And it doesn't take too long to start seeing those connections. I mean, me from a biblical perspective is which I'm nine times out of 10 or 10 out of 10. I'm going to try to put it in a biblical perspective and that hollow worth. I can definitely do that because I see it in Job. Um, when he asked Satan, you know, where he had been, he was like, I've been, to and from the earth and in the earth and then there's things in revelation that come up out of the earth and there's things that have been imprisoned inside of the earth and just things like that so yeah i definitely think that there's things 
inside of this earth that we don't know about, like how deep the cave systems go, things like that. And I, I don't know. I, I don't really buy the whole Admiral Bird diary thing flew into the middle of it. <laughs> to me, it, it just at first I was like, yeah, that's kind of cool. What not? But then when you start looking into it, you're like, oh, well, we can't prove this was written by Admiral Bird. Well, I'm like, well, if you can't prove it was written by Admiral Bird, then I'm just going to chalk it up as a bunch of horse crap, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You no, know, because it'd be different if, like, yeah, Admiral Byrd, he wrote it, it matches handwriting and everything like that. But it's all, it's a very fantastic story. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Yeah. But as far as, like, uh, the Hollowworth, I'm definitely on board for that. I think things could be there and coming out of it and all kind of stuff. Like, even some Native Americans they came from out of the earth is where they're like beginning origins came from and stuff like that. So just to make a fun connection with that, talking about that. So, ah, uh, crap. I remember, I don't remember the tribe off the top of my head, but there was like the ant people that they believe like helped them come up out of the earth and showed them how to like survive in the new land and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, if you break yeah. down, it was what the ant people meant. It was Anu, which was ant and then Naki, which was friend. So they were using Anunnaki, which was ant friend in their language. And again, that's just one of those weird things that gets transitioned through that they were like figuring out and helping them survive on the new earth. Like, and then again, if they came from the ground, that almost makes you wonder if one, there was like the whole hollow earth theory or two, if there was some type of like theoretical, like portal or something like that, because uh, I don't know, you don't necessarily believe in like extraterrestrials and all that kind of shit. But a lot of the people that I've uh, talked to that claim to have been to like Mars, things like that. Um, it's a universal thing that they all seem to talk about these like ants, like insect beings existing on Mars and you go into like mainstream science and then they talk about how there's like all the old waterways that it looked like life at one point existed on Mars. So it kind of makes me wonder if maybe our life could have theoretically started on Mars and, you know, you go down through these portals and then it comes up through another hole in the earth. So that the native American perspective, they're coming up from the ground, but they may have been transversing from a portal from Mars to where we are now. Or again, you want to hit it from the hollow earth theory. Uh, the whole idea about there being like ecosystems and like environments that are existing under, under the ground, like they could have been underneath the ground the whole time and thought that they were above and maybe they went somewhere lower and then came back up and they never actually came to the surface until this like last, like fourth world idea. Um, I don't know how to comment on all that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot. That's That's a bad gist right there. (laughs) Hey, I, I do think there's something to water, though. I do think water mm-hmm. could be some type of portal thing. Uh, there's just something weird and a lot of stuff where water's connected to it. And I'm not big into the whole occult world, but I think even some of them might actually hold water to some type of portal aspect. I don't know. I, I want to say it's hard for me to remember, but I want to think maybe John D. You know, you're familiar with John D. and like, the old queen of Elizabeth's, her magician, John D. Um, I'm kind of sort of familiar. I've read about him a little bit, but I don't claim to be an expert by any means. 
I might be completely wrong on this, but I think he said something about water being a portal or using water as a portal, something to those extent. So I don't know. I've never tried to use water to, as a portal. I don't even know how to. <laughs> <laughs> here's what I do know about water. I do know that water was here before man. I do know that because the Bible says that the waters covered the face of the deep. So water was created before man. And you're not going to have life without water nowhere. So, yeah, I think there's something special and unique to water. Yeah, it seems like in a lot of like high strangeness type accounts, you know, they seem to happen around creeks or riverbeds or things like that. And, you know, there's this idea that water is this like liminal state where, you know, these strange things are just more likely to happen. So, no, I think you're absolutely correct. Just right, the- even Nikola Tesla, I'm sure his stuff was near. He had to have a waterway uh, to some of his inventions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just to throw back into like the whole dogman idea with like portals and everything too. There's a lot of experiences too. I mean, they seem on the side of the road seems to be more than anything, but there are frequently seen near water too. And I remember there was a one they were talking about was on Monster Quest where there was a girl and two of her friends, and they saw three dogmen that were like coming up out of the water. And I mean, obviously you got to look at it from the perspective of just like animals drinking water in the first place. But if there are a lot of known dogman sightings around water, um, I mean, if you're looking at it from that perspective, that could even kind of incorporate the whole like portal idea with water. Possibly. Yeah. That'd be weird though. You'd be looking and just see like just dogmen just rise up out of the water. <laughs> 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 you see your reflection in water and it's just like a mirror it's not actually a reflection it's actually like the the upside down like a reverse dimension of your dimension <laughs> you're viewing the same thing when you look in a mirror as you do when you look in water yeah. <laughs> and you're always blocking yourself from being able to t- go through it <laughs> I can't get behind that because I've shot into water a bunch of times and no, no bullet never come up out of the water <laughs> <laughs> and it don't never come back out so apparently the other me down there didn't do the same thing so <laughs> see that's where it starts to differentiate that's why it's a different dimension <laughs> gotta have subtle little slight details that are different but one day the next day you go shooting water you're gonna shoot and then a bullet's gonna come back up and you're gonna go oh fuck I'm gonna turn around and walk out <laughs> I'm, I'm going back home <laughs> I'm done here Daniel, I did want to ask you a quick question about um, the story you were telling earlier about your possible dogman encounter where you heard the uh, metallic door and uh, all that stuff. You know, something that a lot of people say in these dogman encounters they have is this like overwhelming sense of like fear and they just felt evil in that area. Did you have any feelings like that at that time? They pissed all over the sale. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I told him we had to leave. I don't really write about this. My pants were. No, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't have any feel, feeling like that. It, just, it felt weird. It felt, it was just a very odd feeling. All of it, taking all of that in, that noise, my dog hauling ass back, coming back toward us. And then those cows stampeding through. That was weird. All that tied in right there together. 
But then seeing that other cow that had busted out, I guess it busted out of the fence. Hell, it had to. It was out. Mm-hmm. But seeing that one all bloodied up, it, it felt weird, but no fear. Okay. It almost makes cool. you kind of wonder, though, too, if it's a matter of, like, the apex predator being in the region where maybe you heard the door open up because, you know, you might be able to hear that from a farther distance. But the, maybe the reason you didn't see one is because it wasn't anywhere near you, and that's why you didn't have that fear state is because you didn't have that, like, apex predator, like, fight-or-flight response kick in because it wasn't anywhere near you. Hey, yo, I'll tell you this. I hadn't told anybody this, man. Ooh. You know that same area where I went rando not? Mm-hmm. Okay. My my daddy was telling me a few weeks ago, and he does not listen to like he listens to our podcast, but he doesn't li- like listen to uh, cryptid podcast or anything like that. And so he would not. I don't think he would necessarily know this little detail to tell me this. He was like, you know, I was down there one night, and uh, I don't know if he was coon hunting or what exactly. He may have been coon hunting. I don't know. He may have been down there trying to meet some woman. Hell, who knows? It's <laughs> um. He was like off on the other side from that we call like the, the picnic shelter, and there's a pond right behind it. It's like off on the other side of that pond. He said, "I kept seeing this like red light. It was like look like it was like a red light." He said, "It, it looked like a cigar or a cigarette. Like it would get like it would like somebody would take a big." puff off of it and it would really light up and then it would dim back down he said but it never went away and then it, he said i only seen one of them well in that martin groves story he said the same thing and i'm sitting i look at my daddy and i just kind of turn i was like you mean to tell you? i was like you holding out dude <laughs> No, that's exactly how Martin described it. I think was like uh, they saw like a what they thought was a cigarette, and then they saw another one. So th- that's really cool to me that your dad like used the exact same description. And this is something we talk about on the show a lot too. Is in the paranormal, how much of this just boils down to language and people trying to describe indescribable things with the best language they have. And I think you know a cigarette or a cigar for these glowing eyes that are often associated with these things. I think that's a really cool way of looking at it. I kind of want to see it. <laughs> nope. I, I want to see one. Like, <laughs> meet you. Go by yourself. <laughs> hey, I'm looking, man. I, I think we have something living in this area. I think I've kind of like pinpointed the radius and i don't know if it stays year round or migrates but i do think and this is a a different section of the sumter national forest from where the rando not thing happened but there's something living i I think there's something hanging out i've listened i feel i've other than coon hunting i've listened to two other people three other people tell stories of um, two of them, they were together. We worked with two with one of them, and he actually, uh, one of the other guys, he lives like right up the road from me. And they were like out fooling around, and they drove up into this old cemetery. <laughs> and uh, when they got there, they was like, they saw this creature look like, he said it looked like Cousin It, 
and it said it had big bogey eyes and it was just running around and it sounded like an elephant when it busted off through the woods and I'm like and that's what they both described they didn't know what it was and I'm like thinking like I think you might have saw juvenile Sasquatch yeah and so little things were just added up um, my wife's uncle she he tells me few weeks ago it was like yeah when i was a kid back on the a few miles well it ain't even a mile behind my house there's an area back in there he was like yeah before we call it a field there's used to be nothing but two big fields and then like maybe in the 60s they started building houses and stuff back in there and he was like before they started building those houses we was just like getting a little bit of like scrap stuff they had a little piece of wood here and there and we was building a fort down in the woods he's like we could ride our bikes down through there he's like we go down there to check out our fort one day and work on it and he said there's this little critter he called it a little critter he said it was about three four foot tall he said had these big old bug eye bulgy eyes he said and it looked at us and we looked at it and it just took off and he was like i never went back down there again <laughs> that sounds like a goblin to me <laughs> i'm like i don't I got, know i got I my know. goblin shirt on tonight too <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't know but they both of them said it was just like covered in hair just hairy and just had these big bulgy eyes and so those two incidents were not in the same area but for Sasquatch, I'd say less than 10 miles straight line. Probably less than 10 miles straight line. But I, I think there's something living around here. No, I think just from what you said, you're absolutely right. And I think the fact that it's you know around a national forest, that makes it even easier for me to believe. Because um, where I grew up in eastern North Carolina was – right beside a national forest it's the croatan national forest and you know i never personally saw any cryptids or anything like that but you know just like you described just weird things and weird feelings and just like a, a feeling of heaviness all the time so i think there are these places where weird things happen and it seems to me like a lot of times there's a lot of crossover with national forests and whatnot so i think you're absolutely correct Man, I need to start taking a recorder with me and recording some of these coyote noises and see it. I don't know who analyzes stuff like that, but I hear coyotes all the time. But then there's some that blend in that just sounds like a weird coyote. It's like, I don't know if it's just a different vocalization for that coyote or that dog or whatnot, but... There are some packs that just sound like last, the other night I went hunting Tuesday night after work and I listened to three different packs of coyotes open up and one pack in particular sounded completely freaking different than the other two. And it was just that bit like you and me sounding different, man. I know. That ain't that big I, a I deal. Know. That ain't, that ain't yeah. unexplainable. I just told you. Computer programs that can pick out the pitch and all that and tell and, and say, yep, that's a coyote, or nope, that's something trying to sound like a coyote. You know, I, I've heard of people having that stuff like that done before. Yeah, you, you definitely need to record. Uh, isn't that kind of where the Sierra sounds? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and they, you know, analyzed those Sasquatch vocalizations and basically came to the conclusion that there was no way a human being could have made those sounds. So, you know, like you were saying, maybe 
they could come to the conclusion that there's no way a coyote made them, you know? So no, that's, that's a great idea. I'd I mean, be interested to see even to play devil's advocate on this one too. I mean, Sasquatches have been stated to mimic like the sound of like car doors mm-hmm. of like women of like other families talking. So like if their vocal range is way bigger than ours, um, I mean, they could essentially even I've talked about, it, I don't remember what show I was talking about it on, but they could be mimicking, other sounds just for the sake of entertainment. Like they could just be doing it for fun just to see if they can do it and to be messing with people. Cause if you're on the middle of the woods and you're a Sasquatch, you know, if you have some form of intelligence, assumably you're going to need some form of something to entertain yourself. Cause I mean, even like primitive kids were playing with like little figures of like creatures or whatever the hell else. So, I mean, you have some young Sasquatch, they're going to look for a means of entertaining themselves and they could just be sitting there and trying to like troll people or interact with people by mimicking sounds that they make just again for the fun of it. Hey, I listened to one the other day. It was t- it was like uh, mimicking a donkey down in the <laughs> woods, and uh, this guy was talking about he went to the f- uh, farm that's like right down the road, and I think he said he asked that guy if he had any donkeys because <laughs> there used to be one there like twenty years ago or something, and that guy's like, no, I haven't had any donkey in x amount of years and he's got a recording it's like all every now and then down in the middle of these woods you'll hear that oh, oh, oh. he played it the recording <laughs> and it sounded like a donkey but he's like, awesome. like there's no way there's no donkeys around here there's nobody that has any donkeys there's nobody that and there's nobody that's like got any donkeys loose but he's like every once in a while down in the woods you'll hear two or three donkeys cut up and it's like I think that's what they're using to communicate. Yeah, I mean, no, even on top of that, like that noise is just kind of fun to make. Regardless, they could just be sitting there <laughs> doing it for fun. And I mean, that yeah. almost kind of shows too that those Sasquatch could potentially have been in that area for the last twenty years if they're still remembering that sound and there hasn't been that animal there for twenty years. That kind of shows, like you know, partly like how old these things could possibly get. Yeah, that's kind of what he was getting at. But what if that's how they laugh? Would that be fun? <laughs> 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 well, Daniel, you'll just have to start telling jokes out in the woods and see if they respond. Instead of, <laughs> instead of tree knocking, we need to just start telling jokes. <laughs> Man, I wish I had a really bad dad Sasquatch joke off the top of my I'm head sure for that perfect moment. <laughs> That's what I'm going to use. Instead of a laugh track now going forward in the show, I'm just going to use a, a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> it's a squatch. <laughs> donkey squatch. <laughs> oh, squatch donkey. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I'm not going to tell you I have heard that chatter, but I think I have heard the chatter. Um, the, back in like September, and in the same national forest. <laughs> um. I don't want to give away the area, but I was hunting off back behind me. I heard some talking. Actually, like when I was in that area the week before that, I heard talking way off. And that night I heard talking back off in the woods way far. And I I looked and there's actually some houses way like a thousand yards that way. I was like, I was thinking it's just people over there being really, really loud. And then I was I was hunting. I had my dog on the other side of that gravel road. She was like six, seven hundred yards on the other side. And I had like this little fold-out chair at the tailgate of my truck, and I was just sitting in it. And then a little while later, I hear talking again, 
and it's a little bit closer. And I ain't paying no attention. I was like, yeah, it's getting kind of late. It's after midnight for them people to be being so loud. I was, I was thinking, I was like, there's some older people that live over there, and they are not all about that. They're going to call them all here in a minute. And, so, and then uh, my dog, she echoes, she got treed. I was at the back of the truck. I already had my gun on my back. And then off in the hollow right behind me, I hear that. Hoopla, 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 hoopla. And my blood ran cold. I whirled around my truck. I immediately whirled around the bed of my truck and put it between me and that noise. And I think I took the gun off my back. And I didn't know what to do, so I pulled my phone out and I called Ryan. I'm missing um, Musketeer tonight, so I called him. I kind of thought he might have been up because he was helping another dude drag a hog that he had killed out of the woods. So I called him. I'm like, dude, I just heard the noise. I like, I heard that chat. I heard this chatter. Blah blah blah. I'm like trying my best not to freak out. I'm like, do I get my dog? Or do I get in my truck? Do I get my dog? And I'm like, I'm not leaving the woods without my dog. So I took off and I was like, I wasn't running, but I was walking at a very brisk pace, <laughs> at least for the first 200 yards or so. And so I just kept telling myself, if I get to her, I'm going to be fine. She's going to let me know if anything weird is happening in the area or anything like that. And then I knew once I got there, whether she had a coon or not, I was going to fire a couple shots up in that air, up in the air. So she had a coon. I fired a couple shots. I knocked it out. And uh, I came back out of the woods, and that was it. I've had people telling me, oh, you just, that was just some old meth heads down in the woods and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't know, man. It's like, it was not English. It was loud. It was syllables of some sort, mm-hmm. but it wasn't English, and it was just loud, just like loud, obnoxious. Well, that sounds exactly like the samurai chatter that they supposedly record. Like the, the noise you just made, that's like spot on. So <laughs> Either that or it's some awesome. meth heads watching way too many kung fu movies and trying to reenact them in the woods. I don't know. I try. I've tried to explain it away, but that just was kind of like the a year ago. If somebody would have told me that they thought that there was some type of Sasquatch living in this area, I would call bullshit on it right off the rip. I like bullshit. But just some things have I've heard some stuff and just putting different things I've seen in the woods, this and that. But that right there was, I'm like, yep, I'm, and Ryan, our co-host, I don't know if he would tell it because he's tried to play it off his own self, but he heard something breathing heavy while him, him and another, a young boy that started hunting with him named Clayton, they was hunting together. One night, and they was kind of like, they was listening. He was like, you could hear something. It was like, let me see if I can do this. He he said it was like. (laughs) He said it was just like, been like pinpointing or. 
I, I was telling him the other day, I was looking at a map, and I was like, dude, I think if somebody went right here in camp for a couple of days with a recorder, and somebody went over here at this point in camp for a couple of days, but I don't know. I don't know if when, when deer hunters hit heavy, if they leave out or not. I don't really know because I haven't had anything like that since September. And that's like right before deer season really gets going. Because I imagine when it starts getting colder, we get hit. We get a lot of traffic in our area as far as like hunters coming in just because of so many subdivisions and and grandpa's farm done got sold off all over the state. So it's like hunting land is shrinking. So they come to here to hunt. So I don't necessarily think that I don't know if they stick around when the woods are full of people or not. Mm -hmm. they yeah, those places they could possibly hide for sure. Say so they might even kind of change what they <clears throat> their diet depending on like the hunting season too. Like you know, if t humans are typically hunting this specific animal, then they start hunting this other animal, and then they kind of just alternate and change to like the opposite animal of like what people are hunting at the time, just so they don't end up accidentally bumping into nobody on accident. Because I'm sure after, like, years and years and years and years of being in the woods, like, they're fully aware of, like, when humans are hunting what and what weapons they're using at what times of year, too. Yeah, I imagine they, they hear their fair share of big guns going off. <laughs> I, I can hear them, like, here, turkey season, deer hunting season. I can hear, it's nothing to hear, like, just boom, off behind us. Because directly behind my house... Um, is a hunt a deer hunting club, and it's like nine hundred thousand acres across the road from my house. Um, my brother-in-law lives across the road from me, but I'd say maybe one hundred and fifty yards across the road from me, there's another deer hunting club that's got like twelve hundred and fifty acres over there. So I'm surrounded by both front by where I live. There's like hunting clubs on both sides of me. So one of these days we're gonna get dust in a run in with something like this is crazy. <laughs> Better not. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna go the complete opposite direction of everything. You're gonna try to get him to have a first hand encounter and he's literally gonna like see a Sasquatch like a foot in front of him, and then he's gonna come in the next day and pretend like nothing happened and be like, Hey guys, so I don't think I wanna do the show anymore. I'm getting busy with my life and this and that. <laughs> just look for any excuse to just never talk about the paranormal or anything weird ever again. <laughs> pretend like nothing ever happened. <laughs> Exactly what I do. Look, I ain't doing this stupid crap no more. Let me tell you. <laughs> I've lost interest in uh, hunting now. Now I just fish. <laughs> and when I fish, I stay in the middle of the water on a boat. And don't ask me why. It's just what I prefer. <laughs> hey, what if it does happen? He's not coon hunting. He's just off on his own squirrel hunting. Ain't got nothing to do. It just happens. <laughs> I'm going to shoot that son of in the face. And that we ain't never gonna talk about it. <laughs> I don't know that we that I could. I've heard so many people talk these stories about when they look them in their eyes, they see emotion and human like characteristics in their face and their facial expressions, and they couldn't bring themselves to pull the trigger. I ain't got that problem. Let me tell you. <laughs> But, but they probably didn't either. Until there's they plenty of people that looked at them. There's plenty of people that looked at a dog and said, "Look at how emotional it is." <laughs> I don't have that issue, bro. <laughs> 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 
you got on the reverse. Uh, you know, we're all sitting here telling Sasquatch tales, but then you have a bunch of Sasquatch sitting in the middle of the woods telling stories about something they call like the boom hands. <laughs> where they're just like, I don't know, man, they look kind of like us, but as soon as they pop up, they have these weird, long, extended metal fingers that fire comes out of, and I just got the hell out of there, man. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, gosh, <laughs> yeah. How many encounters? I've like, I'm pretty sure y'all listened to a bunch of them too. It's like they know what those things are. It's like for some reason they know what a gun is. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, and it seems like. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say. I mean, you date back everything as far as like Sasquatch goes, and uh, I mean, this was gonna. I was gonna kind of bring this in with the whole like samurai chatter idea that it seems like there's this like pull that it almost sounds like it kind of has like a Japanese kind of tone to it with the samurai chatter, and then you have other people talk about how it kind of has like a background of like native language. So kind of talking about like things starting to converge maybe there was like multiple like man type creatures in different areas and you know there were some in japan there were some in north america and then they started to combine and then their language started to combine and that's why you kind of have this weird language and nobody really knows where it came from but it almost sounds like a mix between like it could be like japanese mixed with like native or something like that like just to throw in another weird theory as far as like the language and like the samurai chatter goes but <laughs> that's a good one it's a, it's a weird, it was a weird noise, man. It was weird. And, uh, I mean, I had already, I knew what the Samurai Chatter and all that stuff was. I've listened to all of those, and I wasn't expecting to hear that. I was expecting to hear, like, English. I wasn't expecting something to be that close to me to start off with. I thought it was just people partying back behind me at, at where those houses are. But it was it wasn't English. <laughs> Just a little side note. I forgot to get to the point I was trying to make uh, that gunpowder and guns in some form of projectile weapons have existed in Asia for like centuries. So like theoretically, if some of these things did migrate from like Asian countries, they've had centuries of having experience with these like things that are able to like shoot projectiles through like fire and using like, you know, gunpowder. So <laughs> I, I mean, they've been here for centuries, man. I mean, they come over on the ships with them, so seventeen seventy six. So we we about we closing in on three hundred years here. So they they know what they is if Bigfoot's is real. <laughs> you know, make thunder, dude. All it takes is one experience, though, and uh, yeah, they're done with that shit. Like <laughs> a hitting a hot fence, man. All it takes is one time, and that's all I won't never touch it again. <laughs> So, uh, I guess starting to kind of wrap up here, um, if you guys have any more, do you guys have any more encounters or anything else that you guys want to share before we start closing up? No, uh, no. Nah. I mean, we've had like weird encounters with lights and stuff or just seeing lights, but nothing crazy. I mean, they, they were crazy, but <laughs> we don't have to go into them. Not being crazy for this community, but for the average person, maybe crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was weird. Um, we saw his lights rise up out of this field one night and kind of just drift up through the air. And then it started at ground level and was several hundred yards away. We watched it. It looked like it was about from our distance. I don't know. I Softball, maybe. I, I really don't know. It's hard to tell. But mm-hmm. we just saw this light rise up from the ground and just – and this was like years before we even heard of drones and why would there be a drone out there? And so it just went up in the air and then 
it just kind of, I don't know if it just like took off so fast or if it just went out. I don't know, but I did see a light rise up from the ground one night. Did it do anything awesome. like a, like weird or spontaneous or like erratic? Did it like do any kind of weird nope. flight patterns or was it just kind of like a straight, nope. like normal it's like it was pattern? A, like it just was rising up. You could see it. There's uh, off on the, the far side of that field, there's pine trees. And you could see it. It looked like it just started at ground level and it come up and just went up above those pine trees. And then it just, it, it's like it started coming closer. But it, it just it just went out. And it was three of us there. Actually, Ryan, one of the co-hosts, he was with me that night. And then another older fella down the road from us, he was with us. And he was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> and we were all out looking over there. And that's when we just sit there. It was like five minutes. It was a very slow-moving light. It just took its time rising up and then just went out. Let's come at it from a uh, mainstream science's perspective. It was swamp gas. No more questions. <laughs> no, I don't think so. There's <laughs> 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 not swamp there. <laughs> it don't matter, man. That swamp gas travels across town, and that's when something ignites it. It just <laughs> it was that it was that skunk. That skunk's what ignited it. It was like <laughs> just gave it that. Gas. <laughs> what you call them underground things the other day? What you call them things? What are we talking about? Underground. The door opening on them underground. What's the thing called? Uh, a portal? The dogman? A dog? Uh, the military thing under the ground. What you call them? Oh, oh, uh, uh. Bunker? Damn, that's what it is. That dumb, man. That just a, <laughs> they floated one of them them uh, Japanese lanterns out that song on the mess with you. Put them in. Put them in. Like if I, if I was stationed in one of them dumb dudes, you know how bad I would mess with people? Like, There's actually one whistleblower trying to give you guys the location, so they throw out these uh, the lanterns. They're like, somebody just come and look for where it came from, please. <laughs> Yeah. I've been trapped down here for years trying to run experiments. <laughs> I gotta say, dude, wouldn't nobody on the top side be safe? I'd be messing with folks. <laughs> dude, I'd just be cracking the door and yelling shit at people like, hey, hey, you over there. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, man, anything. It wouldn't take nothing to freak some folks out like myself. <laughs> I'm a run. <laughs> yeah, might squeak a little bit on my way out. <laughs> oh, goodness. I swear, I fell in some mud when I was running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all that rain was slippery out there. Y'all, <laughs> don't mind the three month drought we've been in. This is mud. Let me tell you, I found a water. Hey, it stinks. It don't, sm- yeah, it don't smell like mud. <laughs> it's swamp mud. <laughs> that old black mud. <laughs> I got stuck in there, man. I went all the way up to my boots, but but your boots ain't dirty. They're clean. <laughs> yeah, I, I already rinsed them off. <laughs> <laughs> but uh i guess starting to starting to wrap up here um if anybody wants to come and find your guys awesome show uh they want to come and find anything that you guys are doing uh where can they come and find you guys at um well if they want to listen to the show any of the platforms spotify google apple all those just search 
Hal's Tooth Podcasting Network, and all the Coon Hunt Confidential stuff will be on there. Or there are a Facebook group. Is look Hal's Tooth Podcasting Network. Join the group. We'll be posting stuff on there. And that's about it. I don't really fool with Instagram. We had an Instagram page at one time, but I was like, I am. I just. I hate fooling with social media all the time. So I was like, I'm just going to stick with Facebook. Man, I didn't even know we had an Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't hardly ever like fool with Instagram. I don't, I get on there every now and then, basically just to see what Sam Tripoli's cutting up about. But other than that, that's about it. Um, Say, I'll, of course, include all of the, uh, all of, all of the uh, links into the description because uh, when I first started trying to find your guys' podcast, I had to, I didn't know to look up you know your guys' uh, how to thing rather than like coon hunting confidentials. So I ended up having an issue originally trying to find it. So so there's no confusion for the listeners that want to come find you guys. I'll I'll include the links, make it quick and easy for them. I appreciate it, and I don't know. I I've kind of been contemplating. I'm going to talk to the fellows and see what we want to do. Is as far as dropping the houndstooth podcasting network and just going just straight coon hunting confidentials because the whole idea was to have like other shows under that rss feed like squirrel hunting stuff like that just kind of all right there together kind of like you know what i'm talking about but um like a year and a half into this and we're just doing coon hunting confidentials I mean, I have ideas for other kind of coon hunting podcasts that I want to do, but it's called time, man. Mm-hmm. So, well, speaking of time, we appreciate that you guys took the time to come onto the show, and it's been a great conversation. And as usual, like I said, when I had you guys on inquiries, I'm looking forward to the next time we all get to chat because you guys are a fun group of uh, guys to chat with. Yeah, I wish I didn't get to have hang out with Ryan because I'm pretty sure he might have had some. Some quirky, smart comments and somebody <laughs> to go along with all of that. He's so, weedy, man. He is weedy. <laughs> we'll just have to have you guys come back on the show when he can join us when he's not uh, chasing wild women in Florida. I don't know how long that's going to last. No, come back. <laughs> we have tossed that idea. He left yesterday, and I was like, dude, when are you coming back? And he said, I don't know, next Thursday, Friday, I think. He said, Peace out. <laughs> he got abducted. <laughs> he gone. <laughs> He's trapped. Let me tell you. He gone. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. It was so nice to meet y'all. And I've loved hearing some of your stories and some of your ideas. So thank you again. I like hearing y'all's input on them. Awesome. We appreciate, appreciate y'all for inviting us. Yeah, absolutely. If you guys are enjoying the show, don't forget to take an extra five seconds if you're on Spotify to drop that five-star review. If you guys are on iTunes and you want to take an extra five seconds beyond that, maybe 10 seconds, maybe 30, maybe a minute at the most, drop us an awesome review and we'd love to give you guys a shout out on the show. And if any of our listeners out there want to contribute to the show, whether that be suggesting a topic or a guest to come on the show, or any researchers or artists out there want to contribute in any way, please uh, reach out to us either through social media or through email, which is bizarreencounters at outlook.com or on the submission form on the link tree. And as always, all the links that have been mentioned are listed in the link tree in the show description, even though I forget it every single time. 
<laughs> but one thing you guys hopefully won't forget is that I've been Shane. I've been Orin. And I've been Jenny. And we're the Bizarre Crew. And don't be afraid to uh, <clears throat> keep it bizarre. 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 B- b- bizarre? <laughs>